The following was created specifically for the wellness revelation, The Journey, a movement of people towards the heart of God. To learn more about this movement, go to revelationwellness.org slash book. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. We are going to be talking about readying your mind for change. (laughs) You want, if you're here, it's because you want to have some motion in your life. You're looking for movement. You don't want to be stuck anymore. You want to grow and change and become the person that you deep down inside know that you desire to be. And that's, that's the fingerprint of God on your life. He's pulling you towards that. So I get the privilege and honor to train your soul, train your spirit, and your body is a part of it too because it holds the story, right? It's all in you. So we're going to talk today talking about the mind. Um, really, you've heard some of this before, but also some of it is really new. I promise you there's some um, illumination to how we take these thoughts captive. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians 10.5 that says that we have the power to demolish strongholds, arguments, and pretensions that set themselves up against the knowledge of God to tear them down. We're going to look at that because we need it. We really need more of it in our life. This is You can't relax on this one. Uh, being sober, being aware, being actively... Uh, you know, you're able to taste a fraud. You kind of go, you study, you know, people that study $100 bills, they know they've studied the real thing so they recognize a fraud. We need to do more of that all the time. And honestly, this is really where, this is kind of the fork in the road. If we can partner with truth, we're on our way to freedom. If we're partnering with lies, yeah, we know where that goes. So we're gonna talk about that today. Hey, guess what? By the way, as of this week, you guys, over 1 million downloads. What? 1 million downloads. (laughs) What are you doing? What are you telling people? Good job. Thank you guys so much. You're making this happen. You're leaving a review makes it happen. Um, You're sharing it. You're leaning in. Um, I'm just so grateful. So thank you for that. If you're new here, uh, go to our website and, and, and revelationwellness.org. Sign up for the free seven-day detox. Uh, that will, if you like what you end up hearing here, please, you want to go deeper. And uh, that will kind of reset reset the, the, uh, the, the stage for what I think God wants to do, what I know he wants to do. So be sure to do that. And I'm going to be in Kansas, October 27th and 28th. I would love to see you there. Uh, so if you are going, tell a friend. I'll see you there. And if I don't see you in Kansas, remember, I am absolutely uh, available for speaking. Come to your community. I don't have to bring the whole show on the road. I can just come. I'm happy to come and, sh- mm, you know what it, I'm about here. It's about creating healthy disciples. Healthy, whole healthy disciples. Because healthy disciples make healthy disciples. We cannot just talk about the Word of God and not let the Word of God have its way in us. So I'd love to come to your community and do that. Uh, you can go uh, right now. Just go to info, info at revelationwellness.org and email. And we'll get back to you soon. All right. I'm excited because uh, hang on. We're going to talk even about haunted houses a little bit today. Yeah. Not my favorite subject, but have fun learning and I will see you soon. Peace. Okay, so as you saw, I started with my my helmet on 
We are going to talk mental health today, readying our minds so that we are prepared to battle. battle. Um, a common question as we've been building through the weeks, people have said, Elisa, help me understand, how do I do what you're telling me to do in terms of uh, becoming emotionally sober? How do I do that? And I understand I can talk about all the, the feels about it, but in, in sense, we got to get practical. I'm going to do that today. Um, and it is, I've got some new insights for you as well that I think are going to help color um, your private time with the Lord. Now, here's the thing. I'm just going to give you kind of a roadmap, kind of go that general direction, go that way. But there's a lot of off-roads that you will feel called to take. Some of you might journal in it. Some of you will need to dance in it. Some of you just need to rest. Like there will be different ways it gets expressed, different, you know, highways, but the end destination. If I want to get to California, there's a lot of ways I could get there. Here's the thing what we tend to do is go, God, get me there the quickest way possible. (laughs) All right. Just give me their fast straight line. And anyone known the Holy Spirit to work in a straight line, right? Our life just doesn't work out that way. It tends to weave and we go on this journey, this adventure more than we go on a, on a, on a, on a, on a, you know, step by step, do this now, do that. So don't fall into like, well, how come it works for Elisa, but not for me? The overall arching theme of what I'm going to talk about today, apply it. Let the Holy Spirit do details with you and you will be free. You will have a renewed mind and you will break free from years of bondage, of slavery, of addiction, of doing the thing you don't want to do and having the empowerment to do what you do want to do. Okay? All right. Here we go. Week five. This week's Bible verse, because it is the Word of God that can explode. It, it releases. It, it, it's living. It's alive. It's a double-edged sword. So if you are cut, it will cut you open, remove the binds, and also remove the disease that is in you. Whatever dis-ease you have, um, anything that comes against your peace, that's disease. That's a heart disease. And that this whole message of, of being a follower of Christ Yes, it's about becoming raised up as a disciple, but we need healthy disciples. Can I get an amen? You just don't need someone to talk about Jesus. You need someone who is talking to and with and being talked to by Jesus and is being conformed and sanctified and burned over and over to become more like Jesus, to have a heart of compassion, not just passion, but compassion, to stand with the hurting And to believe that God is good, he's faithful, he's trustworthy, nothing's impossible for him, he will do it. If he said it, he'll do it. That's what the world needs. And it comes connected to his word. So our word is 2 Corinthians 10.5. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient. All right. The knowledge of God, thoughts, knowledge, things are going on up here. Guess what? This this verse is telling you one thing. It's saying this. We have power. We have power. We have strength. We have something here. It says we demolish, not he demolishes. We demolish. So there's a partnership with God. It's the work has been completed on the cross and the work is still working, right? 
It's the work is done and it's still working because we live in a fallen world. The minute Jesus, I mean, we can see even in the New Testament, we're still seeing sinfulness happen. It's our humanity where we're learning to grow in godliness. You're no one gets there overnight. That's why you need to get really good at confession and repentance. Get really good. So all the uncomfortable stuff, just start doing it more. You know, like I think it was Lululemon who went with that tagline saying, do something that scares you every day. Do something to scare you. Even all the self-help people will say that. The big motivating speakers. And we go, yeah, let's do something. But then we don't do anything to make us uncomfortable every day. And that is absolutely, that is part of growing in Christlikeness. Will we get uncomfortable? Because the way is narrow and few and hard, hard, narrow and few will find it. And that's what we're doing here. But we have power, you guys, to demolish, which is another way of saying to cause devastation or ruin. We have the power to destroy hell because it is certainly trying to destroy you. You have an enemy. We have an enemy. He came against you probably in some way that could be connected to why you obsess about your body or neglect it. He's hidden in it, especially against the body. This is why you all can pray for me because I am on the front lines of territory that he has had for a long time and he's figured nobody's going to pay attention about that. Don't worry about that. The church calls it unsanctified and not like the body. Eh, the church kind of pushes it over here. And the world says there's no God there. So it's just kind of been left. And the enemy has come against our bodies. You have been hurt inside a body. The story of your life is held inside your body. We receive it in messages and stress. And then we have stress hormones released and we live in a chronic state of inflammation and we have all these autoimmune disorders rising that we go, what is that? What's the solution? It's more than just homeate too much cholesterol. <laughs> is it connected to that? Probably it can be, but there's a root. There's a root that goes beyond what I can put in my mouth and it's more about what's coming out of my mouth. Why do I say the things I say? Why do I think the thoughts I think? Macro counting and nutrients and it's not going to help you get to that. We got to get to it. Let's get to that and then we can talk about macros and micros and fats and paleo and this and that. All great topics but I don't want to go there until we have dealt with some of these deeper deeper issues so we have power to demolish it actually means to destroy to tear down or take down all right we love that and you hear the church we all get excited we have power yeah 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 we have power well what's going what's happening <laughs> why do we have the power one day and not have it the next day why do we talk about the power and get all excited but then we don't harness the power because we can talk about the fact that we have it and not use it right? I can have a light and not turn it on. I can have electricity and not have be connected to a source of power. I have to engage. We have a power. We must use it, but we don't know how or we honestly, or we use it in, I don't like to should on anyone. As you guys know, I don't like to tell you what you should do or how you should use it. But we're, we're not, it's something's not working. If we are, you think we're using it and it's not creating 
an effect or we're not receiving and walking in that power because we are told, 2 Timothy 1, 7, that we've been given power, love, and a sound mind. If we're not holding on to what we have, then we need to look at how we're doing it. So I'll talk more about that. But we have the power to demolish arguments and speculations, you guys. We can take demo- tear them down. Basically, any thought that lifts itself up higher than God. And anytime you lift something up higher than God, you can absolutely bet you become the center of that story. You become the center of the desire. It becomes self-centered living because where God is lifted high, then we are bowing. We have humility. We know that he goes first. We follow. But when anything gets lifted up higher than God, it's like we've said, hey, God, you're going to need to move to the tail right now. And I'm going to push this up to the front and I'll follow this. When we follow a lofty, high thought that sets itself up against against the knowledge of God. So anything that sets itself up against your love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, kindness, and self-control, the fruit of the Spirit, anything that sets you, sets, uh, makes itself higher than this goodness of God, the peace righteousness peace and joy because that's what the kingdom if you want to know what's going on in the kingdom it's righteousness peace and joy right now there's no pain there's no suffering but we can use our suffering as a way to say recognize it and then go tear it down and we tear it down by having higher thoughts a higher reasoning right we tear down the speculations it's another word for reasoned we the enemy's always going to try to come to get you to think about anything else but god amen anything else but god to get you thinking about it that takes our mind off of him our heart off of him and this just happened to me five days ago and i'll tell you that story that's how i'm going to make it very practical for you so this, no one's void of this. Not even your best pastors, your best theologians. I don't care who you are. You still get snagged by things that set themselves up higher than the knowledge of God. Because we live in a world that is not God's. It's this one, this world belongs to a prince of darkness, of despair, of trying to get you to set your sight on your mind and your eyes and your your thoughts on things of the world, things that are controllable, things that are materialistic, things that you can take into your hands in your own matter. That's the world, the physical world we live in. Like I said at the beginning of this, you are a soul with a body. The soul wants to take you higher to the place that you are made to dwell with God. Reasoning. So we have to get up to that prefrontal medial cortex, as I've said, The limbic brain connects to the amygdala or the amygdala can also connect to the prefrontal medial cortex. So when we have a lot of stress in our life, when we've lived in abusive patterns, we raise an abusive home, we've been bullied, basically any sort of time when life didn't go the way it should have, you've received some sort of firing of your amygdala to say fight or flight, fight or flight. And if we receive and agree with that message of fight or flight, we will agree and empower the lower part of our brain, this brain stem. It's just like, it's basically, it's you're agreeing with the root of the lie. You're agreeing with that lower grounded place instead of coming up 
to a high place, which is right, everyone put your hand on your head, prefrontal medial cortex, right up there, the frontal lobes where all this good, the, the brain science, neuroscience says this is where love, compassion, and reasoning happens up there. We are living in a world that won't help you get there quickly. You're going to have to train to get there. Do the be still and be loved. Learn to sit in silence. Learn to be alone. It's okay to be alone. In fact, it's necessary. Jesus would draw himself away to be alone. He would remove himself from the crowds. We have a society that says, don't be alone. There's always some place you can be. You can always connect on Facebook. And we have this substitutional relationship with our computers or our phones. And what we really were meant for was relationship with God first and most. Then we will have real relationship with others. And then we can use Facebook in a really enjoyable way. Amen? So we have the power to tear down this reasoning, tear down the thoughts that go up higher than the thoughts of God. And when we tear those down, we can bring in health and healing into our body. I wrote this as a little quote. We have the power to bring down anything that raises itself up higher than the knowledge that God is good, that God is faithful, that God is trustworthy, and he is on the job. You have the power. Anything that doesn't agree with God's good, God's faithful, he's trustworthy, he knows right from wrong here, he knows the way through, he's God. Anything that would set itself up, you have the power to tear that down and then relax. He's on the job. He's on the job. So the first part you need to know is that we have power. The second part is about taking captive. All right. I I probably have said this in other podcasts before, but I promise you need to hear it again because (sighs) repetition might actually breed (laughs) Like, I got it, right? Like, when I first learned how to do some of this choreography I've learned over the years of moving people, it took a while. I felt like two left feet. But then one day, I got it. I got it. We have the ability to take captive. Which another, when when I say the word take captive, to me the word's like put in handcuffs, right? When somebody has been captured, they are bound. We, we, We capture them. We first thing is, what are they... When, when people are arrested, what we don't tie their feet together. What do we do? We put their arms together. We put their hands behind their back. Colossians 2.15 says, And in having disarmed the power and authorities, he, being Jesus, made a public spectacle of them, the powers and authorities of darkness, by triumphing, triumphing over them by the cross. The cross puts all the stuff of the lower part of your brain of fear, shame, guilt. This is going to end bad. It's never going to change. Absolutes. This is your fault. I really should protect myself. Self. The cross, all those things, puts them to shame. Not you. Because listen, just because you have a shameful thought doesn't mean you are shame. You, we have these things that come into us, right? Because... You're not responsible for your first thought, but you are your second. <laughs> so you can go, oh, look at that. This, this is something raising itself up against the knowledge of God. It's shaming me. It's scaring me. It's making me, it's making me make them the enemy. I'm building a case against God and man. And when I can recognize that, 
It's because the cross went higher. Oh no, the cross has already dealt with it. The cross has dealt with this. It puts all this to shame. It puts my shame to shame. It tells my shame. Shame on you. <laughs> the cross says to shame. Off. Get off of that person. Shame off of you. Now shame you go to where I send you. That's what Jesus would say. You go. You have been destroyed. You've been disarmed. Put him on trial. My husband is a uh, police officer on the weekends. He's a volunteer. He just loves it. It really is his truest identity. He has a, a other job that he works on the side. He's kind of Batman. Love that about him. Clark Kent, Superman. He's just got, he's, I mean, he's a boy scout. In the end of his heart, he just really loves to fight for what is true and right. Love that about him. And he, um, a police officer. Now, they, he says this, that at least it never fails. Whenever I arrest somebody, they always, and I put them in handcuffs, it's only then that they start to get really mouthy and loud. They just all of a sudden, that's now that's the time they're going to start telling me, you, you know, really screaming at my face or even spitting in my face or yelling at other people. That's when they get really loud, which it totally makes sense because it's kind of like they know it's over. So they get really big and mouthy. The enemy knows it's over. He's been dealt with. You know, the only thing that gives him hope is because he sees us still taking the bait. He knows the end of the story. He can read the Bible. He's heard it said many, 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 many times. That's why if you want him to flee, start speaking out the truth. Start speaking it. He hates it. If you want to talk God, he's out. <laughs> he don't want to stick around. And he knows where the end is going if he reads it and if he hears God's word spoken. He knows where he's, he knows his days. But what gives him hope, because he does have, have hope, have hope, because hope is defined as a certainty of good or a certainty of evil. That's why what you hope for will happen. If you put your, what you look for, you'll find. If you're thinking this will always be this way, it's never going to change, you will find that. If you think, no, I'm going to think a higher thought, not because it's my thought, but because this is what God says to think. And I don't have to feel it to think it. So as I think it, then it deals with this, this mouthiness of, of the enemy. But when he sees us taking the bait and giving him words and giving him time and attention, he actually gets hopeful that, hey, I might be able to turn this thing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that revelation thing. I know where it's going. Yeah, whatever. I think I can turn this thing around. Look. Look at how I can keep them focused on their flesh. Look at how I can keep pushing on their buttons and making them uh, forget who God is. I got a chance here. Oof. We, he's put to open, open shame. Anyone remember the OJ trial? <laughs> remember the moment they got him in handcuffs? And, you know, by that time he's on the run. You look kind of guilty when you're on the run. And he's in handcuffs. And remember just the spectacle as, as he's brought in, in the police car to the station. I mean, open shame, right? There it is. You've been caught. And now I'm going to triumph you. I'm going to parade you through the streets as one who's been caught. And it puts shame to shame. Pray for OJ. <laughs> but shame needs to be put to shame. Shame off you. And to where 
Christ would send it to go. The other thing I want to say, just a little scenario of the enemy. Not only is he disarmed and so he gets really mouthy. Another good picture of this is, all right, I have a 16-year-old son. And he, yep, he, against all my, I just, I do not like haunted houses. But he, you know, his friends want to go and he's 16. He's driving a car. I'm like, okay. I've always said, I'd rather, at this point, when they become teenagers, you would rather, you get to choose. Would you rather them be honest or compliant? choose honest. I'm going honest at this point. When they were little, I needed compliant. <laughs> but now I need I need a lot more honest because my job is winding up here and I'd rather know how I can help than how I can control. So he went to the uh place here and I'm not even tell you what the name is, but it's a big a big huge haunted house thing. He'd never been before. And he said a couple of things. One, he said, "Mom, you know they can't touch you." And I love that. I said, yeah, you're right. They can't touch you. Second Colossians, Second Colossians, or Colossians 2.15. He's been disarmed. He can't touch you. He can, the enemy can, if he can get you to believe that your pain is a injustice and that God is to blame. If the, if the pain that comes because we live in a fallen world, if the enemy can get you to blame God rather than him, game on. So pain is going to happen in this world. But the enemy can't touch you. In other words, he can't have you. He, can't, he cannot snatch you. He cannot grab you. We, we learn that. Jesus says you can't grab any of these. You can't snatch any of these from my hand. But we can walk off his hand. We can get up and go and leave. And thoughts do that. Thoughts can get us to wander away. That's why I say in the book, if you're going to wander, wander back into the wonder of God. Wonder about God. The wonder, the marvelous, the I don't have to understand God to wonder in you. You must be bigger than this. You must be bigger than my pain. So my son said, they, they can't touch you. I'm like, gosh, that is so true. But he also said this, but mom, he said, you know what the worst is, is we're standing in line and... um. First of all, don't look at your phone because while you're standing in line, you know, they have all the characters out there kind of priming the pump, trying to get you all scared. And again, they're in makeup. They're not real. Fear is a liar. <laughs> but they walk around and you're, he goes, the worst thing, if you're on your phone, they look for people to be staring at their phones so they can ah, come up and scare them. <laughs> Perfect, right? We must be aware. Don't slide off into social media. Don't be on your, don't go for the distraction to fill the time. Stay awake, stay aware, wonder. The person that stands there and just looks and observes the crazy probably isn't going to get messed with. <laughs> but the person that has victim written all over them or like uh, uh, thinks that they can outsmart fear by distracting, get ready. You're about to get scared. So he said, you don't get on your phone because if they see you on your phone, they'll come and scare you. So stay awake. Stay aware. Love that scenario. And then the third thing he said, once they come and can scare you because you're not paying attention, or even if they are, a good scare, their hope is to get you to run. Because if you run, they'll chase you. Then it's, and I have a full story that one day I'll share with you, but that is a true statement of my own haunted house experience where I got cut off from the pack of my friends and I was utterly alone and I started to run in despair, like so scared and they chased me. 
right? They can't touch you. They just can, all they can do is just how can we turn up more fear? How can we turn up more of this darkness? Ah, <laughs> uh, he can't touch you. So don't run. Don't run. Stay. When the pain comes, when the thought that is higher than God gets raised up, pull it down. Notice it as a limbic, a reptile, old thought, a thought of the flesh, a thought of an unrenewed mind, and put it in handcuffs. Take it captive. Now, I have talked about this, about um, taking uh, captive. You have to not only just take it captive, right? When my husband arrests somebody, he puts them captive, but they need a day in trial. They have to, you can't just say, you're guilty. Like if especially, sometimes I just know that, oh, it's that old thought again. You're guilty, get out of here. But if it's something that keeps coming and coming and coming, it's the same lie over and over. It needs to be put on trial. It needs to be cross-examined by truth because it's a liar. And so as you begin to put it on trial in the presence of your counsel, <laughs> right, Jesus, your mediator, he's kind of there standing next to you like a witness. Like, yep, you have the Holy Spirit that puts the thing on trial and God is the judge. So everything's stacked in your favor when you take these thoughts and not only captive, but put them on trial and begin to ask, where did you come from? When did you begin? When's the last time I felt like this? Take me to the beginning, God. Take me to the root of this thing and let's deal with it. If you were abandoned as a child, feel the sadness. Don't run because the enemy will chase you. If you were abused as a child, feel and grieve the sadness, feel the anger, whatever it is, put it on trial and feel it. Be emotionally sober to it. But don't run. It'll chase you. Put it on trial. You get to examine it with truth. So I'm going to put this into practical uh, for you so that you can see oh, how this is how um, kind of plays out. When you are tempted, when you are not believing truth, when you're, you, you're stuck, right? Because like I said, everyone gets here. I don't care who you are. Greatest. You can think of the vice, the, the most respected spiritual leader, Beth Moore. Guarantee you. She has her days. Chris Kane, guarantee you, she has her days. Now, I don't know if she would say this is exactly how she does it, but, does it, but I, I bet you there's a lot of similarities in how to ready the mind for change and prepare it to tear down and take captive and get the freedom back that you somehow unknowingly surrendered. So... First of all, remember, freedom doesn't come free, right? It's going to cost you. It's going to, you know what's going to cost you? May, namely, your time and your energy. It doesn't, freedom, once you have freedom, you're going to have to work to keep it, yo. You're going to have to do some work. And again, the work, easy and light, the way, hard. <laughs> it's much easier for me to, I feel pain, I'm just going to go eat. I feel pain, I'm going to go drink. I feel pain, I'm going to go to the gym. I feel pain. This just happened to me last week. So last week, I yeah, I heard some words, right? Often it comes in words. Sometimes you see things, but I've received information. Information went in that it was bad news. It just felt ugh, like, and it started to raise itself up higher than the knowledge of God. In other words, I was thinking about it a lot, 
knowledge, knowledge. Like I wanted to try and understand it. Knowledge. You are able, you will raise knowledge up higher than the knowledge of God. Then, right? You because we go. Oh, I just gotta understand this, God, because we think knowledge is safety. Knowledge is not safety. Worship is safety. You want to get safe. You want to get in the stronghold. Go worship. Right. But knowledge, we think, so I kind of, I was noodling on this thing too much. I needed to stop. It's it's definitely something that can, can I think I'm thinking about it a lot lately because I'm seeing a lot lately and it just makes me go, what is going on? And it slowly started to depress me. It slowly started to oppress me. The thought is kind of getting, and then... Satan stacked up other things in my life to kind of compound, compound. It was like more of the same. Five days later, I'm like, I'm ready to argue with my husband. Everyone's irritating to me. And I'm going, oh, no, 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 (laughs) no. Okay, bells, whistles, alarm, sobriety, sobriety. Okay, I am not me. There is something going on. So the sadness kept stacking up. There was anger kind of like, this is, this is not who I am. I had to take the time away from my comforts or distractions to go into the stronghold. All right, that's why I said freedom will cost you. It doesn't come free. It will cost you, first of all, time and then second, energy. So when I was starting to feel all this kind of, oh, I feel I'm just stuck. I don't feel joy. I'm not, I'm not laughing. I'm not, you know, right? Come on now. This is why we're on the journey together so we can wake up. When I was losing it, guess what I started to think in my mind? Oh, by the way, I heard that my husband was going to be out of town for the weekend and my kids were going to be at their grandparents. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to be alone this weekend, which by the way, triggers another life being alone. So I'm already feeling sad, heavy, and now I'm going to be alone. I'm like, that's not fun, God. So I already started to plan in my head, okay, I'm going to I'm going to do a big self-care day. I'm going to go to the spa. Maybe I'll go to a movie. Maybe get some good food. Like I started planning out all this comfort and distraction to try and like pull myself out of the pit. Like, well, that'll help. And I knew in the back of my mind, I'm going, I don't know if this is going to help. But honestly, I'm like, I don't want to waste a whole weekend that I have by myself just sitting alone with the Lord. Guess what I ended up doing? taking the whole weekend to sit as much as I could in silence and enjoy the Lord, to get back in touch with him. And by the way, side note, it was so deep that I heard the Holy Spirit say, you might want to consider a fast. And I did. I did it. I don't like fasts. I'm not one to sign up for them. But when I know when it's time to rumble, you know what I mean? When it's time, (laughs) when it's time to take the earrings off, like somebody hold my earrings because this has got to die. God applauds it when we get tenacious with him. He apl- He's like, yeah, come on, grab me by the, grab me by the collar. Let's go. Let's get this thing dealt with. I love it. Um, I've heard so many leaders say they have laid themselves in their, wherever they is in their office and the place that they meet with the Lord. And they say, Lord, I am not leaving here until you do what only you can do in me. I will not leave. I love that. I think God goes, yes, I've been waiting for you. Time and energy. I've been waiting for you. Let's do this. Let's rumble. So I had a fast. I sat down. 
and this is what I do. Now again, it might look different for you, but this is what taking it, putting it on trial looks like. I sat down and I began to journal. I just journaled like mad woman. And, and side note, mad. Like I was mad and I just let the Lord have it. All right, I'm already probably losing some people going, that's, that's wrong, Elisa. Don't do, no, come on now. Like be honest. He knows what's in me. I need to get it out. Here's what's in me. Here's how I think you've let me down. Here's what I don't believe about you. Why, why, you know, doing all my, why? And if you look at the Psalms, that's what David does. He says, why God? Why this? Why that? Why aren't you? He goes ahead. He lets, he, he just lets it rip at the beginning. And then he always hits the, but God. And at some point, as I journal, and I highly recommend journal because there's neuroscience connected to the, the, um, the healing, the rewiring of your brain that comes as you write, as you take a pen to a piece of paper and write. So you don't worry. Don't make it legible. Don't worry if it's a long run-on sentence. Don't worry. Just go. <laughs> I told my friends the other day, I, a friend of mine said, well, when I die, like if people find my journals, oh boy. Like, this is why people found Mother Teresa's journals and started to go, oh, she's really sad. Wait, she's not the Mother Teresa I thought because she's not. She's not the Mother Teresa you made her out to be. She's human, pursuing Jesus, God, holiness, compassion. It's hard. Give the woman some slack. But I said to my friend, if, boy, if, if I die and some, and, you know, people read my journals, they don't think I'm crazy. <laughs> so I decided I'm just going to put a note in all my journals. If you're reading this, I'm dead. Read this and weep. Then call me crazy. And I'll see your crazy face in heaven, Elisa. Because <laughs> you're crazy too. <laughs> so go ahead, read them and weep. It's a disaster of scribblings and a mad, a mad woman. I've been a mad woman at times, but God... So I journal it out. I just write it all out. And then at some point I run out of steam and the but God comes. And I begin, I honestly will open, and you've never done this before, try it, where you open yourself up to journal as if you are hearing the voice of God because you are. So I will write to God, God, this, I am mad, this, and did it. I just, I write him a letter. And then I turn the page and I let him write me a letter back. It is healing. And you will find words come out that you're like, wow, I didn't know that was in me. I didn't know I could write that. I didn't know that's how you felt about me. Let the pen move. <clears throat> so that's why journaling really, really helps. After I journaled, then you supplemented. I supplemented the rest of the day with, um, well, now I was fasting. So there was a lot of just resting. You know, fa oh, by the way, I'm going to do a whole podcast on fasting. You guys, it's more than you think it is. It is. It does more than you think it does. But boy, do we hate it because we don't like to step into discomfort. But it does tremendous things for your body. And it does lower your heart rate. It may. It kind of puts you in this kind of a sedative place of like, it's going to be okay. Shh, shh. Like calm. Like you kind of don't have the energy to fight. So it opens you up. You're, you're just tired. In a sense, kind of tired. You don't feel kind of malaise a little bit. But you're. it's actually allowing the body to begin to agree with God is enough for us. God will sustain. Hmm. Powerful. 
So along with after I journal, there's a lot of just, um, that's what, by the way, that's what taking the thing on trial looks like. I just write, lie, truth, lie, truth, just go, 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 go. Go put it on trial. Ask God, when did this start? Why do you feel? And let him, I mean, sometimes you get visions and pictures, draw a picture, just let it go. There, this is why inside of it is where you might go on a different highway. You might take Highway 101. Some of you take Highway 51. Like, just let it take you where it needs to take you. But that is putting it on trial. You're not just, we've had a lot of people in the church who just take it captive. And then they never deal with it. It needs to be dealt with because it's definitely dealing you. Then the rest of the day, you supplement with worship. You supplement with the word. You, you just feast on it just eat it just kind of you know put yourself in that intensive care unit for a bit and take good care it's good self-care the next day I woke up I felt completely released I felt lighter my body was lighter probably because of the fasting a lot but relieved released went to church had the most amazing worship time it was the one of the most loveliest weekends of my life to be honest with you one that I almost exchanged for comfort. He rolls the stone away. That's what he did. Yeah. So when we take the time to take captive and destroy the lies of hell with truth, we will be free. Y'all, when we take the time and spend the energy to take captive and destroy the lies of hell with the truth, will be free right Jesus says if you uh, if you're my disciple you know my word and my word is in you then you will know my truth and the truth will set you free he loves you and he loves when you have a sober thought let me pray so God we thank you so much thank you for the fact that we have power (laughs) that we can take captive and Lord that we have a space and permission to come to you and let it rip (laughs) be sad be mad god whatever it is whatever it is it's in us you want it out of us lord and so i pray right now for a holy anointing of the holy spirit for people lord to sit with you and to get after it god i pray that their comforts become their misery and that their misery lord deals to uh leads to the ministry that is the testimony god their testimony that you're changing it you're turning their test their their misery into a testimony god and there's a ministry inside of that lord i thank you that this is a way bigger picture than fitness or health or any of that lord i thank you for health god and i i do pray for healing in bodies i pray for backs to straighten up in jesus name i pray that as these emotional things are dealt with lord that blood pressure drops autoimmune disease leaves in jesus name i pray for uh against rheumatoid arthritis where we feel stuck we feel stuck we feel inflamed we don't feel well god that you will begin to do the work of complete wholeness restoration and transformation in people lord thank you that this is your will thank you that i could not i'm not smart enough to come up with this idea god and nor am i in my own strength risky enough to to take this risk on you lord so it's got to be you do what only you can do god i pray for a holy tenacity for people to say that's it we're gonna sit down and we're gonna rumble this out lord we are gonna get to this and so in the name of freedom In the name of Jesus, come and have your way. Thank you, God, for this community, this podcast, Lord. 
Thank you. A million downloads, only you, God. So we say, we lift our hands to you and say, 10 million more, 20 million more. Spread your word, God, according to your good plan and purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your week. That 